Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to us. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. I hope you know you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us, too. We are live on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Okay, I want some of you to fess up. Who still has their Christmas decorations up? Ryder raised his hand. You know who you are. There's no shame in this game. But we took, you know, a later vacation post uh, uh, Christmas into the new year. And so a lot of the friends and family that were on that vacation have yet to put up their Christmas decorations. And so we kind of just gotten into a little chat about, gosh, you need to do that. Gosh, when are we going to do that? And then it roll keeps rolling around before you actually find time to do it. So I figured that we weren't alone. So 601-879-4395. It is, what, the 12th day of 2023. Christmas was now, what, oh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, three weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I don't have much of an excuse Other because than- I've had two weekends where I went into the weekend going, I probably need to take down the Christmas tree. And that's another reason I don't have much of an excuse, because that was the only Christmas decoration I had up, was the Christmas tree. In fairness, this is your first Christmas tree, or was your first Christmas tree, or is, because it's still up. Not really sure the grammar around that. (laughs) (laughs) In in years, I feel like you get a little bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card to kind of extend it. You would be the type that would strike me as leaving it up and then throwing on a little bit of decorations for the different... We're going to have an Easter tree. Well, next coming up, what, Mardi Gras, Valentine's Day, and then Easter, and then you have your patriotic tree and, you know, rolling, sort of rolling it back around. And I know some do keep it up all year, but I feel like for the majority of folks, you're just busy at the beginning of the year and it just sort of, or it's the task. You don't get as excited about bringing it down as you do about getting it, you know, up and looking pretty. And it's one of those things like folding laundry. You have all intentions of doing it, and then it just gets, you know, the next weekend and the next weekend. And then before you know it, shame is what gets you to bring it down because somebody in your neighborhood or on your street brings it up and you finally – and then it's less time, and then you're back putting it up again before you know it. Maybe deep down I'm just being rebellious because my mother growing word. up yeah. for the longest, she had – an almost religious superstition that Christmas decorations had to be down and packed back up by the new year. Well, that is usually our tradition as well. We would have 
New Year's Day, you would get up, you would eat your whatever you, you know, your um, good greens and all the things. And then you spent that day, because usually it's a day off of work, taking everything down. And yes, by January 2nd, there wasn't a trace of Christmas to be seen. And then some, though, you leave it up maybe like a little bit longer. And then there's some of you are taking it down on December 26th and you're over it. I was just curious if we were the only ones that was still lagging behind on getting their Christmas decorations in the box and back in the attic. And if you if you are one that shifts your tree throughout the year, I think if it brings you joy, you do you and leave it out. We did have this running joke, though. It was a Santa in our older in our other home that my mother-in-law had given us and I slump forgot about it and so he ended up just hanging out with us for like two years straight because every time then it became funny and then folks who come over would just be like you you got you got a Santa on your shelf I was like yes we do and I forget to put him up and so by the time he rolled around he and once we moved started to transition he got put up and had to bring him out this year but I feel like I'm gonna have to bring him back out once we get settled and he just needs he just needs to remind us that Christmas is right around the corner, 365 <laughs> days a year, and that no matter how great you are at putting all the decorations up, some sometimes fall through the crack. But it is 2023, and we've had a lot of fun over on the Good Things Facebook group talking about, I guess, not so much resolutions, but it's one of those funny things that come around just about every time at the beginning of the year. And it's a way to look back and kind of have and see how your upcoming year is going to go. You know, it's it's purely scientific. There's a lot of research behind it. <laughs> I hope you've listened to the show long enough to know that that is the furthest thing from the truth. But it is the idea that you take whatever year you were at 23 Right. And then is that right? Yeah, yes. that's what we did. Year at 23 and whatever the hit song was during that year, that is going to be your anthem or how your year of 2023. I think it's even more specific. It's going it's what, uh, the song that was number one on your ah, 23rd birthday. That's right. It's even more specific. Thank you. So the song that was number one on your 23rd birthday so that would get down to the day not just the year is how your 2023 will play out so mine was man eater it would be 2006 when i would have been 23 which is a good song very interesting choice for how my uh how my year is going to play out i had a great cousin that told my husband he better go buy a lot of groceries because she'd like to keep him around i thought that was really cute what was yours rhino I, for some reason, don't really believe this is how my 2023 is going to turn out because mine was Pink's song, So What? The song where she's adamant that she's not still hung up on her ex, even though the whole song is about her not being hung up on her ex. Well, I haven't heard you mention of anybody. So it's not The really last like year or so. So I don't know if that is definitely maybe, or maybe it just lends to, to its other way. I can you see you being kind of a so what? It happens. Whatever happens, happens. We're going to roll with the punches in 2023. I can take it. Emily, I don't like hers. Hot in here. We do not need record-breaking anything. No summers. Record-breaking spring temperatures that lag way into the summer would be great. But we don't need any record-breaking temperatures or freezes in 2023. Others are... (laughs) They're funny. Silly love songs like Wings, Every Breath You Take. Well, I think that's a good one. You could count. Silly Love Song is the name of the song by Wings. Silly Love, oh, is the name of the song. This also, you know, opens up to the different generations that we have 
who are listeners here to good things because your 23rd birthday is going to be completely different depending on where you are in life and what songs um, would have been popular then. Someone said, I feel like math is involved in this. It is, depending on how many times around the sun, the more math you have to do, and that's okay. 2006 for you guys in the born in the 83s. There's only one 83s, but the 83s would be would be yours. What's love got to do with it? Charles says, and that is perfect for him. (laughs) I will always love you. 1993. I think that would be a good one. But you think about songs, man, like so many things have theme songs. Even athletes have sort of like their walkout song or sort of their anthem. There's anthems to everything. So why can't your year have an anthem or whatever it may be? You may not be as cheesy as you using a formula, like on your 23rd birthday, what was the number one hit song? And really, you can go through and there's number one hits in different charts, which you can kind of go and pick, like what lends yourself to to your sort of music-specific genre. But if your life had a, I guess, an anthem, not necessarily tied to your birthday, Rhino, does one come to mind for you? Hmm, not off the top of my head. If I had to think about it for a little bit, I'd probably come up with one, though. Oh, what song do I get if I'm not 23 yet? You're a baby. (laughs) Oh, to be 20. I just want to bring you in and give you all the wisdom. Enjoy it. It goes by so fast. Uh, I don't know. How would you answer that? Uh, That's when you go back to the year you were born. What was the number one song on your birthday? There you go. 23 is a good year. Look forward to it. I think it was. John. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been if you don't remember it. <laughs> 2006. Well, graduated high school, was in college, wasn't quite married yet. Life was less complicated. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Life was less complicated. John Knoxford, Hey Ya by Outcast. Candle in the Wind, 1997, would be David in Indianola. Wind Beneath My Wings, Bette Midler for Chris in Tupelo. David in Indianola on the ceasefire text line also chimed in with, A few years ago, my wife left the tree up and February came around and I started putting presents under it. <laughs> she had to wait until Christmas to open them. So now she takes the tree down New Year's Day. I love that. Oh, that's fun. Were they under the real presents? that you made made her wait for i love that this conversation ties in great for what's coming up next because the grooming museum mississippi has a new exhibit we're all going to want to see in your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Cause I'm as free as a bird. 
can watch good things on your computer or your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can now watch good things live on Seaspire TV. If you've got that, we are on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. And you can find the Grammy Museum, Mississippi, in Cleveland, Mississippi, and their new exhibit. Joining us for the first time in 2023 is Miss Emily Havens. She is the Executive Director for the Grammy Museum, Mississippi. Hey, Emily. Hey there, Rebecca. How are you? Happy New Year. I was say Happy New Year. We hadn't talked since last year. That's only fun for a few more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you today in January. I am always excited to um, to be able to talk to you and especially be able to talk to you by the Grammy Museum. I know. And the fact that you guys have a new exhibit for the new year. So tell us all about the sounds of Southern Rock. Sounds great. It is. We, of course, we opened it in, um, well, in late, in, in the fall, in the end of September of last year, and we were just really um, excited to do an exhibit and celebrate this great genre of music with really, really incredible bands and, and really meaningful stories and, and great artifacts. And so we've got some great, um, celebrate some great artists like, of course, Almond Brothers and Charlie Daniels Band and um, Leonard Skinner, and I heard that a minute ago, um, playing and in. Uh, and great bands like Molly Hatchet and Lil Feet and Widespread Panic and just all these great bands that um, started Southern Rock in that genre back in the 70s and then have really it's evolved into, um, you know, even bands that you still hear it in today. So we had a really great opening, uh, fortunate enough to have some of Charlie Daniels' team and his widow here for the opening as well as member of Widespread Panic's band and um, the tour manager for Leonard Skinner to tell some really great stories and we're just excited to be able to share this exhibit we've had a lot of visitors so far um you know it was such a, a big genre in the 70s, 70s and 80s and so it's just it's wonderful um having people come and see the exhibit and tell their stories about seeing some of these bands live back in the heyday of southern rock how long does it take for the grammy museum to sort of transform i mean you had the i love my mtv and so is it like one of those disney things overnight you sort of just switch genres because that's kind of going backwards or um, how does it work so you know it will it's, it's definitely takes a little bit longer so this this exhibit is actually in another part of the museum so we still have mtv for about another month um and then we'll be announcing a brand new exhibit um coming soon so i'll be excited to for you to have me back to do that but um we usually um deinstall an exhibit and kind of cover up the space so you can't see what's being um installed in, in a space like where southern rock um, was um opened it usually takes us a couple weeks and it'll take us probably two to three weeks to do the same thing when we replace our MTV exhibit in the coming months. What's it like when you see the first people get to walk through and see the exhibit for the first time? I mean, what would be like the first thing that they see when they come in for the Southern Rock, the sounds of Southern Rock? Probably one of our highest valued uh, guitars that we've ever had in the museum is in this exhibit. And so it really is kind of sets the tone. Um, it's one of the Almond Brothers. Um, so it's really, there's an intro panel telling the story about Southern Rock and introducing you there. And then you, you know, you see this incredible guitar and great outfits. But, um, to go back to the opening night, and um, we had a lot of fans here, but we also, like I said, have family and band members and managers and the tears in some of their eyes really tells the story of, um, you know, we're really um, honored and excited to see um, their family members or their band members being honored and um, in such a um, in such a way that is um, that really pays a lot of um, 
celebration and, and you know to the genre, but also to I, I just remember one of Charlie Daniels band members, uh, and he had tears in his eyes, and he was just so excited that somebody's telling this story, and uh, and, and to be a part of that and to share those stories with visitors. Um, so far, just for the last couple months, it's really been incredible. I um, I feel like Southern rock is probably one of those genres that has true fans. And when you think about when you mentioned widespread panic, I'm like, wow, I've got a sister-in-law and brother-in-law who that's what they do. They travel around. They visit. They're like true groupies. They're, you know, like they feel like they're part of the band's family, if that's probably a little odd. But they even had their wedding so they could go to the concert as their reception when it, when they came here to central Mississippi. And that's just one story of many that I feel like fans are super connected to their southern rock roots. Do you find that when they come through? Absolutely. And it was funny having uh, Jojo Herman here of Widespread and seeing him kind of in awe of some of these bands that have come before them and, and seeing the genre of all and, you know, and, and him kind of being um, just really interested in hearing about the Leonard Skinner stories and the Charlie Daniel stories. And my goodness, he's got so many stories of his own. His story landing in Mississippi it was incredible to hear from him and to hear him perform. But it's just, it really celebrates the drive by truckers. It's just a really uh, star at the beginning of Southern Rock and how it's evolved today. Um, and I've got to tell you, because you're the very first person, I, you want some news that has not Yes, of course. Okay. The press release is going out um, in the morning, but we just uh, we're announcing Grammy Week, and um, and since it's Southern, one of the things we're talking about today is Southern Rock, we're going to have an evening with Dwayne Betts. And so, of course, Dwayne, um, the son of Dickie Betts, who was in Almond Brothers, and of course they have the band Almond Betts, and he's doing a lot of solo stuff. And so, we're excited to have um, to have that on Thursday, February second. Uh, but we're going to kick off Grammy Week on January thirty first with um, the great Grammy nominated Valerie June, um, incredible singer songwriter from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, has written songs for Mae Staples. She has her own great career singing. She has an incredible voice, and we just cannot wait to welcome her here for an education program and then a public program. And then we have our evening with Dwayne Betts on uh, February 2nd, and then uh, free education workshops all week long. On Friday, we're going to do one for the community and students uh, for Road to Grammy Gold and kind of explain how someone um, gets nominated for a Grammy and all the way through the whole entire process. Um, and then Sunday, February 5th, we're going to have free admission in honor of the 65th Grammy Awards. Um, so we just can't wait to be able to offer all these programs to the community and celebrate the award show that will be on February 5th. Do you ever get a downtime there at the museum, Emily? <laughs> You know, it's funny when we have downtimes, we start, we, it's dangerous because we start brainstorming even more things we can do. <laughs> so, um, we just can't wait and we have not even sent out the press release. In fact, I said, I, we've got to send it today because I'm going to be on Rebecca Turner. And they said, you're going to be able to announce on Rebecca Turner and then we're sending out the press release. So, oh, I love that. Uh, well, we appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's so much going on, and I was looking on y'all's Twitter earlier because I was trying to find a photo for the Sounds of Southern Rock, and I saw this great post about why you guys chose or why the museum chose Cleveland, Mississippi, because you would think of all the places that you could put a Grammy museum, why would you you know, choose the Delta or choose Cleveland? And I love the response. So why was Cleveland like the best place for the museum, and it's proven to be so? 
Well, certainly because of Mississippi's um, legacy and music um, music history, and we've got you know several Mississippians nominated for Grammy this year, and have just announced a Lifetime Achievement Award winner of Mary Wilson. So we're excited to be able. We had that exhibit several years ago, but certainly you know education, um, Mississippi's music legacy, and our history is so deep here, and all the great artists and genres that were born right here in our great state, um, as well as education, being able to be situated right next door to Delta State University and that great university. Um, we're just excited to be able to provide education and a great visitor's experience here in the Mississippi Delta. How long will the Sounds of Southern Rock be available for us to come and visit? Through 2023. So you still have some months, but you know we love to have you. So you come visit and us and anyone else uh, come visit us. So it'll be here. And like I said, in about a month or so, we'll be announcing our next exhibit. And um, you can check out our website at grammymuseumms.org for more information. Um, and all of our social media pages, we update um, daily with with great uh, interactive um, exib- uh, interactive social media posts where you can engage with us and also where you can get the latest information. Well, I appreciate your time, Emily, and you know you're always welcome back. I'll be looking at your newsletter, so I'll have you back in a couple of months and uh, hear about the new exciting exhibit. But I'm excited about this one, The Sounds of Southern Rock, so it should be a good one. Yes, thanks, Rebecca, for having me. All righty, there you go. So many good things to go ahead and put on your to-do list for 2023. You're not going to want to necessarily miss that one. And I feel like, too, that Southern Rock is that genre that, whether it's the new stuff or the old stuff, it's generationally enjoyed. So the things that your parents or your grandparents enjoyed, then you probably have enjoyed. And it's like, you know, it's that genre that kind of, it's the one that keeps on giving. There's not, like, necessarily an end to it right it's still going well that's one of the funny things about music is it can be a little cyclical things can come and go things can come back things can grow and expand and there's even a bit of funniness from the ceasefire text line our buddy jeff from oxford texted in and said hey wait the number one song on my 23rd birthday which was in 82 was maneater how does he have maneater and Rebecca have man eater. When Rebecca was born after he was twenty three, I was born when you were twenty four, Jeff. What was that, old? That was all comes down to again. the fact that one is man eater by Nelly Furtado, ah. and the other is man eater by Hall and Oates. Ah, same name, two totally different songs. Two totally different songs. <laughs> oh, but I love it. All right, stick with us. We got more for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. You can 
watch good things on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Don't forget, too, there's a ton of content from Super Talk on our new YouTube channel. Just search Super Talk Mississippi on YouTube, or you can go to supertalk.fm slash YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. It's free, and you can get the latest scoop on what's happening in Mississippi news, politics, sports, and, of course, the good things. And, Jeff, it was a good thing that he mentioned our Two songs in two different years. So him in 84 was Maneater. Mine in 2006 was also Maneater. Different artists, completely different songs, but still the same name. So I thought, huh, there's got to be others out there. I mean, there's only so many letters in the alphabet to come up with short, catchy titles for things. I don't know if it's a copyright thing in terms of titles like it is in terms of lyrics or songs or anything else because people get away with it. I would assume if you're using it in a different context. Yeah, in a different context with a different song or a different melody or a different rhythm, it's a lot easier to be like, no, this is my man-eater, that's your man-eater. Right, and we can agree to sort of disagree because really, I mean, the name of the song, other than on the album it de- or on the charts, and then it's always going to have the artist behind it, it's not really like the name of a book well, I don't know. The second, I guess it's kind of the same thing. The name of a book or whatever. But it's not the contents. It's not the same contents that should matter. Well, I mean, using a book as an example, if you had a book called Maneater and it's about a cannibal clown, and you had a book called Maneater, and it's about a, a sultry woman, you're going to be okay because it's two totally different, different things. things. But if you have a book, Maneater, and it's about a cannibal clown, you got a book, Maneater, and it's about a, a cannibal circus clown, well... Those are pretty much the same thing. You're going to get in trouble. So here's one, and and Jump. So Jump actually has three. You've got Jump, the Pointer Sisters in 83. Probably the least known of the Jumps. Jump, Van Halen of 84. Possibly the most famous one. I don't know. Jump, Criss Cross, 1992. Yeah, Van Halen's a lot more popular than Criss Cross. I guess it depends on when you were... When you were born and what you were interested in. I mean, I came up in in the Criss Cross days. Jump, I don't think I ever... Convince my parents to let me wear my pants backwards and everything inside out. (laughs) That, okay, didn't know that the name of the song was Jump, although I guess if you gave me three guesses, I might have gotten to it quickly. (laughs) But out of those three, it's the only one I still know, like a little bit of of the lyrics. Jump, jump. Well, there's others. Best of My Love by the Eagles. And then you have Best of My Love by the Emotions. Any of those ring a bell? And you have Superstar. It's the name of the song. Carpenters in 97. I mean, sorry, 71, 1971. Superstar. Superstar Murray Head in 1971, too. Man, they, 71, they just didn't have very many options for, for titles. When did Jesus Christ Superstar come out? Well, that's a completely different name, though, right? It is, but it came out in 71. I'm telling you, they were all about the superstar in '71. I think they were just had their minds on other things, or maybe other things on their mind. I don't know. And (laughs) disco does bad things. uh, Creativity for song titles was just not in the options. They just said, "You know what? That sounds good. We'll use that one too." One, you have Three Dog Night in '69. Use the title for their song One, and then in 1988, can you guess who else used one? Uh, that you, would be Metallica. Oh, my gosh. You're so good at this. 
It's almost like I have to deal with music on a daily basis. This is true, but you—I mean, not only do you know the names of the song, but you know the artists as well. See, I when it comes to songs and movies, particularly songs, I know a lot of songs. I don't know their details. It's kind of like people. I will remember what you were wearing the last time I saw you, but I'll probably forget your name. Jeff and McComb on the ceasefire text line. Rhino, inside out is wiggity wiggity whack. <laughs> Even spelled it wiggity 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 whack. <laughs> Someone else said jump jump is the only lyrics of that song that you can understand. That's true. And they just I can see the video. That's back when they actually did did videos. But yes, so one in 69 was Three Dog Night. One in 88 was Metallica. Money. You know, back in the day, I'm realizing they really didn't put a whole lot of they didn't invest a whole lot into a creative song title. I mean, did it? I guess they needed something. You couldn't just be like song, album A, song one, album A, song two. That needed, I guess, something. But well, didn't the Beatles wind up doing that eventually? With like Love Potion number nine, it was like the ninth iteration of that song. Well, Money by the they Beatles. They didn't release them, but yeah. In '63, so Money. Can you? Okay, let's play this game. Money Beatles '63. All right. Money '73. Would have been who? 73 money would be... Oh, it's to, it's between it's two. Color. It's Pink Floyd, yeah. You're really good at this. All right. Here's a Mississippi tie. Surrender in 61 is... Is it Elvis? Yes. And then Surrender, oh, 78. I don't know if you'll know this one. Cheap Trick. I was about to say, it's got to be Cheap Trick, but I thought they would be in the 80s. Close. Really close. Man, we need to get you on a game show. <laughs> and then go to Vegas and bet all of our bucks on Rhino and his wealth of random facts and things. No, you need to get Perez because he's or even better Or the two of y'all this. together would be absolutely phenomenal. Now, I mean, I, yes, you deal with music on a daily basis for middays as well as here on Good Things, but... Perez actually had to like push, like put it in and like think about oh, it. Yeah, he was it, the one thinking about the the set list. He was the one picking the songs to go one after another after another. He was an actual DJ, yeah. so his wealth of knowledge comes from experience over decades. Whereas mine's just trying to play along and have fun with whatever we're talking about. So shout in '59, the Isley Brothers, Isley Brothers, and then shout in '85. Tears of Fears. Tears, Tears for, for fears. fears, yeah. I was like, wait, there was one in the 80s, and I, I could see the music video. I couldn't think of the name. They don't let me see the... Feel Like Making Love. 74. Roberta Flack. All right. I feel like making... And that would have been 75. Feel Like Making Love would have been Bad Company. Yeah. Those two go together. <laughs> There's a lot of them. I guess it just goes to show, I mean, you run out of um, things to call things. Lady, you've got in 73. Lady. Sticks. And then in 80, who had a song named Lady? In 1980? He's no longer with us. Dolly Parton's very sad. Oh, Kenny Rogers. That's just islands in the stream. <laughs> Lady. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, it's got a third one in 81. Uh, 
Ooh, after Kenny Rogers. See if mm-hmm. we can get in the Rolodex here. The Commodores? Uh, yes. Yes. Lady, you bring me up. Okay, here's the last one because this was fun. Fire. Oh, there's got to be a ton with that in it. 67. Uh, He's no longer with us. Yeah, that would be Jimi Hendrix. Correct. And then Fire in 68. Uh, Does it have a state name in it? No, but it's along the crazy world of Arthur Brown. Yeah, I don't know that one. And then Fire in 74. Does that one have a state in it? Yes. Ohio something. Players. There you go. Okay. Fire in 78. Ladies. They're ladies. They're sisters. Ladies. Uh, sis, pointer sisters. Pointer sisters. That's it. Fire. That's all that was used. Well, that in terms of like fire being the name. Right. And just the name. Because there's just, a lot of titles with fire in it. Right. But that's just. You feel. But the, the back, in, back in the day, it was like they weren't worried about coming up with multiple. It was a one word, two word figure it out i think it's interesting that they just named tv shows i'm like really are we doing this like each episode has an actual actual name to it well that kind of started with friends did it yeah because every friends episode is known as the one with and it's whatever that episode's about oh well i mean i know there's got to be a way to categorize and keep up i'm not disrespecting that or i just feel like that's not anything i've ever I've never gone back to look for that. I guess if you look for up a song, you well, it, name it's it the too. change in how TV shows were consumed. If you think before the '90s, it was really rare to have, and, and usually when it happened, it became a big hit, like Dallas, where a TV show followed an overarching story arc through a season or a show. Usually, TV shows were just, all right, here's this episode. It's just a glimpse into the life, and then the next episode doesn't have anything to do with the last one or the next one. Whereas you get into the 90s, the storytelling changed, story arcs got invented, and and not invented, but introduced into TV, and you had a lot more, there's a word for it, but there's linear progression in TV shows, where the first episode, you need to see it before the second, before the third, and so on. That's how they hook you. Dan and Hattiesburg, don't get Criss Cross confused with Criss Cross, both musicians. Jump, jump. More up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. You've been on point with the music today, Ramos. 
You can listen to Good Things on supertalk.fm. We are streaming there as well from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. We got the conversation started on the ceasefire text line talking about music today. Kicked it off with what we were talking about on the Good Things Facebook group, which is this fun idea of seeing how your 2023 year is going to go based on what song was number one on your 23rd birthday using that title. And then that would kind of portray how your year was going to be. But what we've learned is that over the years, song titles have gotten longer and more intricate. And then there's a lot that's being used and reused by different artists because, come on, there's only so many ways to name a song. So many words or at least short words to get the point across for categorizing purposes, which led into television shows. So I found I Googled. How or why? I can't remember which one I Googled. Anyway, back back in the day. Who back remember, in the day. Who remembers this? You would get your TV guide and it would have it would have it in like written out. Like you would get the I don't I I'm not gonna say I'm not that old that TV guides weren't still a thing that got mailed out. That it was a small uh, format paper magazine book. You could pick one up at the grocery store. I don't know if they were mailed out. They chiseled it in the stone tablets and you had to go pick it up at the library. <laughs> And then the TV Guide magazine became a national publication. And so you would look up, I guess, the channel and then the show. And then it would have, like, coming out the – and then you – I guess you have to put something in that place. So it would be the title of the – of the show coming up. I haven't movie. had full-blown cable in years, but I imagine they st- – don't they still have the guide on the cable? Like they, either they have the channel where it's scrolling or yes, you guide on the but button. but it doesn't now – okay, so I'm going to go home and do a little homework because I don't pay that much attention to – what it's now when you pull up the guide, it's got all the channels on one side. Right. It's got the time at the top, and then to me, I just focus on the show. Yeah, like it's going to say the name of the show. show. It's not usually going to say the title of the episode. Right now, you can click on it, and that's when you get and all you the can information. Get more you get the information. little short synopsis. But who's got that kind of time? Because now they play into your you have no uh, attention span whatsoever, and usually it'll put new like bold or whatever and you would just assume if it doesn't say new episode or however it highlights it that it's going to be a, a repeat or a rerun and you move on with your life unless you're in the streaming digital sort of world where you're binging things and seasons and all that then which could all other. the streaming platforms just come to an agreement to where if once you've hit the credits of the episode of the movie that's not where I want to restart that episode if I'm trying to watch it again. Like you watch an episode and it gets to the credits and you hit next. And then if you ever go back and try to watch that episode, some of them, Hulu, will start you right there at the credits. It's like, no, 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 no. I, don't, I didn't want to watch the credits. That's why I hit next the last time. Right. Agreed. Um, Dwayne says Seinfeld has a good episode featuring the TV guide. If you remember that. I remember the TV guide. I don't remember it being. You never had appointment util- viewing when you were that age. No, utilizing it, and I don't like. I can't like. I sit here and try to scratch my brain and go through the. And all of our listeners who are twenty three or younger, you definitely don't know what a TV guide is. You're like, what is this? What is she talking about? What planet is she from? And then some of you are like, oh my god, you probably still have a stack of them at your grandma's house somewhere that you just never threw away for whatever reason. Um, 
but that was, you know, what you click and guide. That was what you could get in, in, in paper form. That's crazy to think that you would have to go find the remote and the TV guide. Did you even have remotes whenever TV guides were oh, around? Oh, yeah. Okay. Not dating ourselves entirely too much. What? You even had infrared remotes with the TV guide. It wasn't wired. It wasn't the clicker. How wild would it be if we went back to – I don't want to lose the remote. I'm slightly lazy. But you just turn it on and it, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit on the channel. Right. I need a little variation. Our generations would go mad if you went back to like three channels. That's it. So I get no more. Some of you right now are starting to palpitate. You're starting to sweat just a little bit because you watch so many. But but really, though, if you're honest with yourself, out of the hundred, if you do have cable, I know you don't have that standard cable. If you do, how many how many channels do you genuinely watch out of like the 200 channels they give you? I'm going to guess five. I mean, or really, less. the few times I do get to go home and spend time with the family, parents' house has cable, and I will probably scroll through the entire list and see maybe three things that catch my eye. Right. Exactly. All those options, and it still narrows it down to just just a few. Back in the late 60s, I was the remote channel changers. PJ and Hattiesburg said, well, I got two little, I got four legs that could do that for me, but no. All right, stick with us. You got more up next. You got Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Mississippi Media Production.